If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 95 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on May 9th, Mother's Day, 2021. Now, Yapping Yankees is being brought to you by, obviously myself, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Any and all baseball stories, articles, roundtable discussions, featured baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and much, much more. Be sure to visit the website. I promise you, you'll be glad that you did. That's ball9.com and follow them on all social medias at ball9 and know what you don't know. And because they still help to get the word out about the show on social media, be sure to also check out Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, that's grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their great baseball content, and follow them on all social medias at grunttalksmlb. Also, don't forget, guys, that just like them, you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And remember to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees. Show some love on all the platforms it's available on. That's YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. All right, my friends. <laughs> I obviously want to start episode 95 off by wishing all of the amazing, loving, and dedicated mothers out there a very happy Mother's Day. Especially, and all bias aside, I promise, <laughs> my mom, who I truly don't know who or where I'd be without. And trust me, I'm not just saying that. I truly feel this way year in and year out. But most importantly, every single day. And that's the important thing with every facet of life. The way you feel each and every day. Not just on the holidays for whatever subject the day focuses on. But I truly could not ask for a better mom than mine. You hear every week at the end of the social media segment, I save her best for last. She's always been there for me in every single way and has always been supportive of everything I've pursued with my career, including this show, which she listens to every single second of, every single week. And my brother and I always try to be the best sons possible in return, because quite frankly, there's really no repaying her for everything she's done for us. So, Mom, I know you're listening to this when it comes out tomorrow on Mother's Day, so just know that at this moment that I'm recording... On Saturday, I cannot wait to spend the day with you. I love you so, so much. Happy Mother's Day. And again, the same to all of you amazing moms out there. 
Now, speaking of that, and the deal with my recording again, just a reminder for time purposes that I'm recording on Saturday today, since I'm busy for Mother's Day tomorrow when you get this episode. But again, you will still be getting this episode tomorrow on Sunday as usual. So if you're wondering why something that may happen either later tonight, after I've recorded already, or even tomorrow isn't spoken about on this weekend's episode, then that's why. And I'm actually on a bit of a time crunch to record here today even, because tonight I'm actually going out to celebrate my brother's birthday, which, as I said last week, was this past Monday the 3rd, he turned 17, so again, happy birthday to you, Thomas. So, as you could probably hear, this is a busy damn weekend for me. (laughs) But I'm still over here giving you an episode. I don't like taking many weekends off at all, as you know, unless I absolutely have to, of course, but still popping one out for you this weekend. But since I am on a time crunch today, one thing I am doing just for this episode is I'm shortening the show by not having a social media segment this week, which really feels weird. This might be the only Yapping Yankees episode ever, all the way up to episode 95 today, that I'm not doing a social media segment of any kind, whether it be a poll, open-ended question, Q&A, anything. So... It'll feel a bit odd, but I gotta do what I gotta do for this weekend. So for this special Mother's Day edition of Yapping Yankees, after this, right after the intro, we're just gonna hop right over to the weekly recap to end the show like we usually do. The only difference, again, is no social media segment. We're gonna be talking about all the major takeaways from this past week's games up to this afternoon's game, as well as any sort of news that happened as usual. And especially when the beloved Astros came to town. (laughs) Plenty happened. No shortage of content this week. Still going to be plenty of fun talking about absolutely everything. It was quite an eventful week. You have Giancarlo Stanton still playing like a god. You got Corey Kluber, who's pitching in the game today, about an hour from when I'm recording right now, if weather permits. Having a terrific start after his prior good one in Baltimore. You've got the Odor injury against the Astros. More talk on when Voigt's going to get back. It looks like it's still going to be around that same date that we mentioned last week, May 11th, if not that exact same date. And if it's not that exact same date, then it'll definitely be somewhere in the beginning of the Yankees' next road trip, which starts on Tuesday, the 11th. You got the situation with Gio, Miggy being back up, and for some freaking reason, not being in the lineup today here on Saturday. You got the roster moves, of course, you name it, all of it. We will discuss everything. (laughs) Do not worry about it. That was a really weird accent I just did. That sounded like a vampire. (laughs) All right, before I do any other weird accents, let's get right to weekly recap and discuss everything from this past week. Again, because we're already going to recap, again, this is going to be a much shorter episode, but still going to be fun because, again, no shortage of content this week. A lot of crap happened. So... Let's discuss, my friends. Let us jump back into our time machine, back to last Sunday when we last spoke. And the game hadn't started yet when I was recording last week, but the Yanks were looking to sweep the Tigers, and they did just that. They did sweep them. And I'll tell you, outside of Higgy's RBI double and Guardy's sack fly giving the Yanks their two runs, and Chapman, again, pitching beautifully to close out what was a 2-0 win for his sixth save at the time— There was really one main story for this game, and it was the man that I mentioned earlier. And that was the guy who not only took another step forward in his progress, but just straight up looked like his old Cy Young self. 
And tell me it was the Tigers all you want. An anemic offense, I know, they can't hit. But again, what do I always preach? Anyone can go out there and do well or horribly against anyone on any given day. So I don't care who it was. He deserves credit and a lot of it because it was a beautiful start. He was the definition of dominant. And of course, I speak of my boy who's been making me so proud so far, Corey Kluber. Eight shutout innings. Longest outing of the year so far by not only him, but any Yankee starter. Even more than Cole so far. Two hits, just one walk, ten strikeouts. First time he struck out ten guys in a game since 2018. He was truly masterful in every way. Masterful. The fastball and cutter, solid. The changeup, especially running away from lefties, beautiful. The slider, gorgeous. And it was all working for him. He was just terrific. Earned his second win of the year, 100th win of his career, and between this and the Baltimore start, the start prior to Sunday's, he lowered his ERA to 303 at the time, and that's what it is coming into today's start against the Nationals. It was just amazing. Awesome game, a stellar performance, also completing the sweep, and it just felt great heading into the off day before... <laughs> The mayhem that we all knew was imminent that was to come on Tuesday. And come it did. (laughs) As the title says, we meet again. Yankees and Astros. No throwing anything on the field or, as far as we know, any violence, so that's good. I'm sure there were at least a few idiots there, but (laughs) everything that we've been waiting for. Festering for a year and a half since the scandal was exposed. The trash can cheating scandal. Every chant in the book. All game long. And this would go on for all three of the games. All of them. But it all began on Tuesday. 33% capacity, as I anticipated, sounded like 200% capacity. Even Kyle Higashioka told Judge after the game that if the stadium was full, he thinks they would have just gone deaf. (laughs) And I agree. Extreme booing, the posters, trash cans, chanting F Altuve, F the Astros, A-hole. There was a you're a racist chant to Guriel because of what he did with his eyes that one time about Tanaka. There was cheaters. (laughs) All of it. And as far as the game, I think it's safe to say that we got what we wanted, and that was a win by the score of 7-3. to And I'm glad about that because I had been saying this on Twitter, and I've always felt this way. You could give the players any amount of booing that you want, any sort of verbal beatdown, but if you don't win the game, it doesn't really mean much. <laughs> At least not to me. Like, it's one thing to be able to go out there and hurl verbal insults at them until the sun comes up the next day. But to beat them on the field, to me, that is the best way to give it to them. And it feels better than any sort of jeering that you could throw at them. And we all expected that kind of frustration at the stadium. We all did. It was... (laughs) It was heavy stuff. But... To me, 
it just doesn't mean as much if you don't beat them. Like, if you're doing all that booing, and they come into your stadium and beat the crap out of you anyway, it doesn't really have you feeling like you accomplished much, right? Or that the booing did much of anything. But the Yankees did. But anyway, as far as Tuesday's game, we got what we wanted. 7-3, the Yankees won, mainly centered around the bullpen, doing what it does best. I mean, not recently in the last couple of days, but you get what I mean. (laughs) At the time, the bullpen doing what it does best. And the offense just getting it done. As I mentioned earlier, especially Giancarlo Stanton, who continued to be probably the hottest hitter in the sport. I think that's safe to say. But Herman did all right, too, I guess. He did okay. Five innings, three runs, two of them on home runs, gave up some deep hits, but he made it through five. And then, as I said before with the bullpen, after Herman did manage to make it through five, Litke, who would end up getting the win on the night, Loisica, Wandy Peralta, and Chad Green all pitched scoreless innings from the sixth to the ninth, one inning apiece in that order. <laughs> Offensively, as you heard before with the seven runs, Quite a bit happened, just to say the least. Right away in the bottom of the first, as an immediate response to Alex Bregman's solo shot in the top of the first, which I absolutely loved that the Yankees immediately answered back, John Carlos Stanton, two-run shot, and then after him, Clint Frazier. <sighs> he could have done much more with the bases loaded and nobody out, but he just grounded into a double play, did not get an RBI, but did drive in a run. So that made it 3-1 to one because Giancarlo's home run was a two-run shot. And then in the bottom of the sixth, on a soft ground ball, DJ LeMayhew, soft ground ball down to third. I think he would have beaten it out anyway, even if the throw was good. But Alex Bregman tried to field it, and he threw it away, and the bases were loaded at the time. So Higashioka scored, Glaber Torres scored, Rugnetto Dor scored, but there is more on the Rugnetto Dor part, which I'll tell you in a second. But then Giancarlo Stanton even added on another run in that inning on an RBI single. Again, the guy has just been hitting like he's on another planet. There's just no explaining what he did this past week and even a little before that. Because even on last week's episode, I mentioned that he had been heating up a lot. And this past week was just an unbelievable continuation of that. So yeah, those seven runs, that was how they scored. And again, the Yankees would end up winning with those seven runs by a score of 7-3. to three. But unfortunately, the victory came at a bit of a price. Rugnet Odor, as I mentioned before, the play at the plate, it was really, really bad. He was running home, the throw was coming home, and Maldonado, the Astros catcher, Martin Maldonado, he was at home fielding the ball, and Rugnet Odor was running in. This is nobody's fault. It was just a freak accident. He ran in and he didn't slide. When he put his foot on home plate, he kind of, well, not kind of, he, he just straight up kneed Martin Maldonado in the face on accident. Just his leg went right into Maldonado's head. And after the impact on his head, Maldonado just collapsed like a house of cards. He was just really dazed. He was out of it. And on the collision, it almost looked like Rugnetto Dor's leg was caught in Maldonado's body and while it was against his head too... And it looked like he just, like, hyperextended his leg, and Rugnetto Dor went down hard. He went flying almost out of Maldonado's grasp and into the umpire who was standing next to home plate, and he was just grabbing at his knee the whole time. It looked like he had hurt his knee, which he ultimately did, 
or it would later come out that he ultimately did, and he needed help to walk for a little bit. But then they showed him in the dugout shortly thereafter, and he was walking under his own power, which is obviously a really good sign. But they still had to put him on the IL, they sent him for an MRI after the game, and it showed no significant structural damage, which is really good, but as I said, he still had to go to the IL for a bit. And before Wednesday's game, he was officially transferred to the 10-day injured list with a left knee sprain. So, we'll see how long he's gone and what they'll do with him when Voigt returns probably in the next few days too. And we did mention it last week that the date floated around for Luke Voigt's return, who's been rehabbing with AAA, and he's been doing very well. But I did mention that the rumored date being thrown around for Luke's return was May 11th. But it's mainly just being said now that it's going to be at the beginning, hopefully, of the Yankees' next road trip, which is, of course, after this series with the Nationals is over. They hit the road, they go back to the trop to face the Rays, or the dump, I should say. (laughs) Not exactly the best place to come back from a knee injury with. Some crap stadium with horrible turf, but (laughs) nonetheless, that's when the Yankees hope to bring Luke Voigt back at some point in the beginning of the road trip coming up which I cannot wait for because I miss Luke to death. (laughs) So we'll see what happens with that. But I actually did get a question on last week's Q&A even, asking me what happens to Odor when Voight comes back. Is he the odd man out? And if you want to hear my answer to that question, I'm not going to reiterate it. Just go back and listen to last week's episode. I gave my take on that, but we will see what they do. But that's when Voight's planning to return pretty soon. And when he does, Odor is still going to be on the injured list. But with Odor, I obviously hope he gets better as soon as possible. And as we were saying on last week's episode, he's actually been doing a lot of good things here. He's been getting some big hits and some big spots. He's been providing decent defense. He's been providing power, which I said we knew we would get from him. He's not a big guy, but he has power. (laughs) And it's really unfortunate what happened to him. Again, it was just a freak accident. His leg went into Maldonado's head and... It was almost like he was in Maldonado's grasp at the plate until Maldonado just collapsed after the impact to his head, and Odor just fell after that and just immediately grabbed at his knee, and at first when he couldn't walk, I was saying, oh my god, he's going to be out for months. (laughs) But they showed him walking under his own power in the dugout shortly after that, and I was very relieved, but I expected him to at least go on the injured list. When that was announced, I wasn't surprised at all, so... Get well soon, Rugned. I hope we get you back soon, and we will see what they do with him, with his spot on the roster, and if they have anywhere to play him, or they want to play him, find some playing time for him, whether it be regularly or on the bench. It'll likely be on the bench, if anything. But upon Voight's return, we'll see what they do with that. And I'm also glad, of course, that Maldonado is okay, too. Because, again, he really took quite a hit. But with Odor, to replace his spot on the roster at the time... The Yanks recalled reliever Albert Abreu. Wednesday night, pouring rain, (laughs) torrential for the first two innings or so and all, and they decided to start on time and everything. And (laughs) it did not have an effect on the booing and the jeering volume whatsoever. (laughs) The fans brought it all yet again. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, okay, the game. Other than Giancarlo Stanton being God, yet again, going 3-4 for four and being responsible for four of the six Yankee runs in the 6-3 victory, 
and extending his remarkable 10-game hitting streak to 11 at the time, and what happened in that hitting streak was just unreal, and I've been saying that despite his slow start, that if Stanton stays healthy, then we'd see him kick ass like this. It's all about health with him. If he's on the field, he'll do good things. But anyway, Stanton tirade aside, <laughs> yet another thrilling game all around, just especially with Stanton. <laughs> Montgomery got the start, and I'll tell you, other than the fourth inning when he allowed all three of the runs he gave up on the night and giving up eight hits, a chunk of those again coming from that fourth inning, he pitched out of trouble, he was economical, and he gave length, pushed out six innings of work, allowing just those three runs, four strikeouts, got some big double plays. Not a bad start at all for Monty. I mean, it's not terrific, but especially against a team like the Astros, especially one through six in their order, I'll take that, definitely. So, nicely done by him. And of course, the bullpen again got it done. Sessa got two outs in the seventh, Wandy Peralta got the final out of that inning, Loisaga continuing to look as filthy as ever at the time, except for last night on Friday, <laughs> but Loisaga continuing to look filthy that night, perfect eighth inning, nearly making Altuve swing out of his shoes on that 3-2 changeup. <laughs> and then Chapman, the best reliever in the sport so far this year, who, by the way, somehow didn't win the American League Reliever of the Month award in April, pitched another scoreless, perfect ninth, striking out two, looking overwhelmingly dominant against a team that threw him and the Yanks out of the 2019 ALCS the last time they saw him, and he definitely left quite the impression this time around. <laughs> the offense, well, as I said, a chunk of it was Stanton, going off again. Two-run bomb for him in the bottom of the third, an absolute nuke to the left field bleachers, then down 3-2 in score, he tied the game with an RBI double, so it was basically Astros 3, Stanton 3. <laughs> Aaron Hicks then hit an RBI single for a 4-3 lead. He looked a bit better at the plate, very surprising. <laughs> then Gardner hit a sacrifice fly to make it 5-3, and then Stanton again. Beautifully going the other way to right, RBI single, 6-3, Yanks win, another awesome victory as they would look for the sweep on Thursday. And unfortunately, despite all the ever-so-kind birthday wishes to Altuve from the fans, <laughs> they would not do that. They'd still take the series, but they wouldn't sweep. And this time, I mean, it was bound to happen at some point, but this time it was because of the bullpen, finally. Of all the reasons they've lost games so far this season, the bullpen had not been one of them. But this time, they finally crapped the bed. And it was, again, bound to happen at some point because they had been so damn good, so unhittable up until Thursday, maybe for the exception of Nick Nelson, who's not with the team right now, but you get what I'm saying. The bullpen had been so overwhelmingly dominant that it was to be expected eventually. And unfortunately, it reared its ugly head on Thursday against the exact team that we didn't want it to rear its ugly head against, <laughs> because that's just the way things work. Don't you know that? <laughs> but everything before them was just fine. A couple of chances, especially in the first, where the offense could have done more, but this was definitely on the bullpen this time. Just a collective failure. But before that, though, Cole got the start, and even without his best stuff, he went seven innings, only allowed two runs, both of them to just one guy, Jordan Alvarez, who hit two solo shots off him. Just had himself a really good day. But other than that, 
Cole did a very nice job. Seven innings, two runs against that lineup? I mean, we can hate them as much as we want, and we do, but they can hit. And he did only have four strikeouts, but first of all, there were a lot of borderline two-strike pitches that very well could have been called for him and weren't. And second of all, honestly, I don't have a problem with cutting down on some strikeouts a little more than usual. He was economical, and I'm good with that too. So again, all in all, a good start. And he did leave the game with the Yankees leading 3-2, to two, so he did his job. But he'd unfortunately get the no decision because of the bullpen blowing it. But the Yanks got their three runs on the day on a solo shot by, <laughs> you guessed it, John Carlos Stanton. <laughs> and then on a two-run shot into the short porch by Clint. And Clint, please keep that batting stance open. It seems like whenever you do, good things happen, so keep the damn stance open. <laughs> and then in the eighth inning, that's when it all fell apart. Chad Green came in. Cole didn't even have 100 pitches yet, and I would have liked for him to maybe get a batter or two, but whatever. It's the best bullpen in baseball at the time, and at that point, you just trust your guys when you only have two more innings left to pitch. So I don't completely blame them, because again, at that point, you're thinking the game's over with how great the bullpen's been. But at the same time, just for the sake of the other debate that took place, Cole did not even have 100 pitches yet. So just putting that out there. And I would have, again, I would have liked for him to get maybe another batter or two, but whatever, whatever. I don't really blame them for the decision they made. Chad Green came in, he had been so good before this, and he just melted down, giving up a go-ahead three-run shot to literally the last person in the world I wanted to see do this, Jose freaking Altuve. And again, on his damn birthday, just to put the cherry on top of the cake, pun intended. And listen, I gotta hand it to the little jerk. It was a good piece of hitting. <laughs> it really was. Smacking a fastball up and in, out of the strike zone, almost at his head, and going deep. He expanded the strike zone, swung at a pitch way up for his height, and he hit it far. And even though Chad didn't have a good control over the curveball, I kept on saying, curveball, 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 because Altuve crushes fastballs. He's a great fastball hitter. It's always been that way. <sighs> the Yanks did get one back up on the board in the bottom of the eighth on a bizarre play thanks to the shift. It was so weird. I was listening to Sterling on the radio at the time, and when this happened, it sounded like his brain just shut off. He could not describe what happened at all. I was like, John, what happened? <laughs> I hear the whole stadium going nuts in the background, and he's having trouble even getting the words out to begin to describe what just happened. And I'm over here like, what, what's going on? <laughs> he's not saying anything, and the stadium's going crazy. But no one was covering third for the Astros. I'll do a better job at explaining it. <laughs> no one was covering third. And Glaber went from first to home on a ground ball up the middle by Hicks. <laughs> no one was covering home either because their catcher Maldonado had run to go cover third. So Glaber was able to go from second to third because no one was covering there. And because Maldonado left home to go cover third, no one was covering home. So Glaber just ran home. It was so bizarre and it was just really, really odd. But moreover anything, really heads up base running by Glaber. Really, really good job. And with the shift these days, you're potentially subjected to that kind of defense. <laughs> it was just crazy. No one covering third, no one covering home, because Maldonado went to go cover third. It's just bizarre. But speaking of Maldonado, 
with the game being at 5-4 now after that whole bizarre thing with Glaber. And needless to say, the Yankees definitely have a chance at a comeback, just down by one run in the ninth inning, right? Well, Maldonado basically put a dagger right in that. Coming into the game, being 6 for 66 at the plate with an average almost under 100 with no homers, no RBIs, no nothing. Off Justin Wilson, hits a two-run shot to make it 7 to 4, and that was the final. Justin Wilson, who as I've said since he came back here, has been solid for years now and was solid when he was already here in 2015. And I was so happy that he came here alongside O'Day. And now he comes back and he's been stinking up the whole joint. Walking the ballpark. Constant hard contact. I don't know what the hell is wrong with him, but he has massively disappointed me. Massively. He's lost velocity on his fastball. He just does not seem to believe in his stuff nearly as much as he did before. And he has just been terrible. He's got to be better. He has been brutal. So, unfortunately, even though they did take the series, the Yanks would lose 7-4, their five-game winning streak ended, and the Astros did salvage a game. But after the way all three of the games went, and after all the energy at the stadium... Ah, what a series. (laughs) Good lord. And lord knows I was into it, because if you don't believe me, all you gotta do is go to my Twitter and see how into it I was. But the concerning things, though, after Thursday were Hicks and Geo. Hicks, after his hit, looked like he was having trouble moving, but he apparently just cramped up in his leg, so I guess he's fine and he's been playing in the games again. But Geo, after that diving try that he had back in the eighth inning, he was sent for an MRI on his knee. So I guess now the injury bug had to have a bite, because why not? But you know what? Not badly at all, because again... Not only is Hicks okay, but Jack Curry, who works for the S Network, obviously, as we know, came out early Friday afternoon on Twitter saying that Geo would not be heading to the injured list. So, thank God, his knee troubles won't result in an IL stint. (laughs) But in the meantime, while he gets better for a few days, maybe, after just being activated about a week or so from his hand and wrist issues and being sent to the minors, and I mentioned that last week or the week before, I believe, the Yanks are giving Andujar some big league playing time in the meantime. So Miggy has returned for the time being. And to open up a spot for him on the roster, the Yanks sent Albert Abreu back down to Triple A. And now that I say that again, Triple A, it feels so great saying that again and not alternate site. (laughs) It really, really does. So good to see the minor leagues back playing and whenever roster moves happen to be able to say triple A, or some form of the minor leagues, and not alternate site anymore. All right, you know, now that I'm looking outside, I'd be shocked if this game today starts on time. It's really steadily just raining today. Ah, it sucks. It's so chilly outside, and it's raining today. It feels like a March day, not a May day. I mean, come on. I want my days back where it's nothing under a high of 60. That's what I need. Freaking 50 degree days, barely 60 and raining. Give me a break. All right, I'm going to stop by whining. All right, lastly, but certainly not least, yesterday's game, Friday. And Duhar was, in fact, in the lineup and at first base for the first time ever for him in a big league game. Tyler Wade <laughs> was at second and DJ at third. 
which made me uncomfortable because DJ is weakest at third out of the three infield positions he plays, being second as his best, and then first, and then third. And then obviously Glaber was at short. What the hell's going on out there? <laughs> There's just like helicopters going all over the place. Uh, so if you guys hear helicopters in the background now, just ignore that. That's really annoying. There's just like helicopters going back and forth by my house. Well, for those of you who don't know, I record in my room. It's very nice in here. The audio sounds great and all that. I've done that since the beginning, so... But unfortunately, there are some noises that I can edit out, but... Now there's just helicopters constantly flying back and forth. And if I end up being too lazy to edit literally every single part of that, then... Just be wary if you hear a helicopter in the background, then just ignore it, please. <laughs> oh my god. How annoying. But anyway, yeah, Glaber is at shortstop. But yesterday's game along with these freaking helicopters going back and forth. Pretty irritating again. <laughs> Lots of really hard contact right at people. All night by the Yankees. And basically all of it amounted to nothing. <laughs> and to add on to that, another bullpen meltdown in the eighth inning. And that's why I said before, the bullpen had been terrific because of late, the last couple of days, it hasn't been. Which, you can't get mad at them because they have been so incredible before these last two days. But nevertheless, two meltdown days in a row for the bullpen now. And with no help on defense either. Great, just gotta see the defense collapse again. <laughs> From Judge in right field and... <laughs> DJ at third! What did I just say before? And I promise I was saying that before that even happened. And in fairness to Judge, though, that was his first error since 2018, so that is impressive, but nevertheless, especially given his struggles at the plate lately, it, it is frustrating. And even Glaber had another error at shortstop after he had actually cleaned up his act a lot lately. <sighs> and here come the helicopters again. <laughs> yeah, pass on by, guys. <laughs> you just, just listen to the helicopters, I'll, I'll just be quiet. You hear that? <laughs> That's helicopters. What a joke. Oh my god. But anyway, <laughs> the pitchers too. Loisaga, who had only allowed two runs in 14 games up until yesterday, just melted down. And so did Sessa after him. And Sessa even had been doing a good job. The wheels just really came off in that eighth inning. They really did. Between that and the three errors, just the whole inning was the definition of a comedy of errors. So that's two late-game bullpen meltdowns in a row now, as I said. Along with the defense just deciding to go on holiday again. Six runs in that inning to a team in the Nationals that has trouble scoring. Six runs. Before that, Tyone started the game, and other than him giving up two home runs for his three runs in the night in the second inning, and he did have some help defensively in the third inning, but it was another good step for him overall. Longest outing of his season, too, after the prior one had been his longest. Yesterday, he went six and a third, allowed those three runs in the second, and struck out five. So, outside of that second inning, not bad at all, whatsoever. One thing he's got to stop doing is giving up leads right after he gets them. That's annoying. And still having all of his damage that he usually allows in his starts done in one inning and usually quite a bit at that. Which could also be looked at as a good thing, because you want to get it out of the way after one inning, and then just fix it up after that, which he has tended to do lately, which shows talent in its own right. You give up your damage, and then you adjust and do well. 
So I guess that could go either way, but it's still kind of annoying, especially when it comes while you're just giving a lead up that you just got. You get what I'm saying. But overall, definitely, again, not bad at all. Wandy Peralta again came in, and he got those last two outs of the seventh that Tyone had started. And then the eighth inning was the meltdown six-run inning, and then Juan Soto added on two more in the ninth. Total of 11 runs for the Nats. The Yanks scored four on two solo homers by DJ. He had himself a very good night at the plate. A solo shot by Gary, who, as we know, has done less than nothing since the first week or so of the season. His first home run since April 3rd. I'm just about over him at this point here on Saturday. I've been keeping you guys posted on where I am with him, and I'm just about over him. And then an RBI single by Clint, and the Yanks lost 11-4. Really embarrassing, especially against a team like the Nationals right now, and as I said, just a comedy of errors. Embarrassing finish. I really hope today's game is different. It's starting in about 15 minutes from now, and the Yanks need to get back in the win column after these past couple of days. Win these next two, take the series like you did with the Astros, and just get on with it. You gotta beat these guys. There's really nobody in this lineup that I'm afraid of other than, like, Trey Turner and definitely Juan Soto, too. But you gotta just go after these guys and beat them. But they're not gonna have it easy today because they're facing off against Max Scherzer, who, as we know, is obviously one of the game's best pitchers. But the Yankees match him with Corey Kluber, who, as I said before... I hope he continues on the progress he's made, incredible progress in the last two starts he's had, and even though it's a team that doesn't really score well, the Washington Nationals, they do get quite a bit of hits, so this will be a good test for Kluber today if you ask me. And like I said, his ERA is down to 3.03 coming into today. He's really shown a lot more promise the last couple of times out, and we'll see if he can add on today here on Saturday, because as I said before, the game has not started yet at the time I'm recording here today on Saturday, so we'll see how that goes. Tomorrow on Sunday, when you get this episode on Mother's Day, it will be Joe Ross against Domingo Herman at 1.05 p.m. Eastern. And then for the next coming week, as far as what's ahead after the weekend, Monday, the Yanks are off. Tuesday, they make their return to the dump against the Tampa Bay Rays. Hopefully that is the day where Luke Voigt returns. If not that day, then hopefully at some point in this series, that's the start of their next road trip. That'll be at 7.10 p.m. Eastern. I imagine either tomorrow, if you're listening to this tomorrow on Mother's Day, or on Monday for the off day that they will announce what they plan to do with the rotation this coming week. So with that being said, the starters for this game on Tuesday and the ones following have not been announced yet. Wednesday's game, also at the Trop, 7.10 p.m. Eastern, just like Tuesday, and the same with Thursday at 7.10 Eastern. Friday, the Yankees will go to Baltimore again, back to Camden Yards against the Orioles. Friday night's game will be at 7.05 Eastern. Saturday will be at 7.05 Eastern. And next Sunday, the 16th, when I speak to you next, will be at 1.05 Eastern. So let's hope in that time that Geo could, in fact, return to games within the next couple of days, hopefully. Hopefully the starting rotation continues to be good as it has been. Hopefully the bullpen finds their footing again starting today. Hopefully Aaron Judge wakes the hell up because before the Astros series, he was doing really, really well. As we know, he was really hot. And now at the plate, he is as cold as an iceberg, striking out like crazy. His timing is way off. He doesn't seem to be reading any pitches out of anyone's hands. He's won for his last 20 coming into today with, I believe, 12 strikeouts. 
Seven of those coming all in a row. Seven at-bats in a row from Wednesday into Thursday. I imagine all of you remember that when the Yankees were versing the Astros. And hopefully soon he can find it again. And hopefully he's okay health-wise, because if he isn't, this wouldn't be the first time that an injury from him was hidden from us. And I'm not saying he's hurt, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with him, and I'm not saying that I lost faith in him. I'm the one that predicted 140-plus games out of him and 40-plus homers. I've been a big advocate for him, I'm just saying, and I hope he gets it together soon. Also hoping we see Luke Voigt come back this week because God knows I cannot stand to watch any more of Mike Ford. The guy has played okay defense at best, and he has been nothing short of miserable at the plate. Again, I just sorely, sorely miss Luke Voigt. I just can't wait for him to get back. We've been saying forever that he's probably going to come back in the beginning-ish part of May, and it's looking like it's going to be like that more or less, maybe the 11th or the 12th. And like I said, he's doing great in his rehab games in the minors so far, so I cannot wait for Luke to get back. So, even though up until Thursday this past week, this past week had been really, really good, hopefully we can see some even better things this coming week. And also, obviously, for the rest of this Mother's Day weekend. But in any event, I also want to thank each and every one of you for sticking with me today throughout this shorter episode. We're already basically at the end, and this is a much shorter episode than usual, as we know. Every episode is usually at least like 55 minutes for a really long time now, so... This is a much shorter episode than usual, and I want to thank you all for being so understanding this weekend. It's just a really, really busy one for me, and I'm really crunched for time. Like I said, I'm going out tonight to celebrate my brother's birthday, and then tomorrow, I'm just spending the day with my mom and my family, so I'm gonna get this done right now. I'm gonna edit it up and have it out for you probably tomorrow night like usual on Mother's Day, and give you another episode for this weekend, but it is much shorter than usual. I hope you still enjoyed it, though. I know I still had fun talking about this past week and all the action from it. And hopefully we can get some more exciting action out of this coming week so we could have an even better show, as always, come next weekend. And hopefully that starts today, even though, again, tall order against Max Scherzer. We'll see what they can do. But the puzzling thing for me that I mentioned in the introduction as I'm looking at the Yankee lineup is I'm wondering where the hell Miguel Andujar is. Because I would think that you could use a bat like that against a guy like Scherzer, who the offense is probably going to struggle against today because Scherzer is great. The only lame excuse I could think of on behalf of the Yankees as to why Andujar is not in the lineup is because it's a righty-righty matchup. So yeah, I guess just because they're lefties that Ford and Wade give better opportunities. (laughs) Uh, Some people never learn. They never learn. I mean, I'm just saying because Gio went down to injury. He's going to be out a few days. And in the meantime, you call up Andujar. You have Boone on the pregame yesterday saying how he wants Andujar to get consistent at bats. And then he sits him today. He would rather play guys like Ford and Wade against someone like Andujar, who has his bat in general, but is also red hot coming from the minors and was making really good contact last night in last night's game when he was playing first base. Make it make sense. I can't. But regardless, in any event, I hope they can get back on track today. Get back in the win column. Do not fall back under 500, even though it's only May, guys. I know it's only May, but gotta take that next step. Nobody's running away with any sort of division right now. I mean, even if they were, it is still May, but you get what I'm saying. Nobody's running away with any extraordinary record. 
So take advantage of that is what I'm saying, and just go out there and put a lot of wins together. You had a five-game winning streak before these last couple of days, so now let's line up a few more wins again altogether, and really get like five games over 500, then maybe, you know, eventually you're going to lose another one because it's inevitable, so you lose another one, then you win another two, and then you keep piling on, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> I know I don't sound nuts right now, just... Put together some victories, start to take those next steps, go over 500, put maybe three more wins together, and then maybe you lose one because losing games is inevitable. And then you win another two, and then you win another four after that. You just take the next step. <laughs> uh, okay, that's the end of my discussion. I'm done, but you guys get what I'm saying. Defense, get your act together again. Starting pitching, stay strong. Bullpen, steer yourselves back on course. Judge, wake up. Rest of the outfield, Clint, Gardy, Hicks, even though Hicks has been looking a little bit better at the plate lately. It's about damn time. Wake up. Voight, come back soon. Just a bunch of things. Those are really the main takeaways as they come to my head here today on Saturday. And of course, my boy Kluber, go out there and kick ass today. But as for now, guys, that is all for episode 95 of Yapping Yankees Today. Please remember to follow me on all social medias so that you can keep up on the latest having to do with me, the Yankees, and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97 also, guys, subscribe to the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also show some love to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, if you got the time, listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 95 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, Thank you, 3000, for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, May 16th, when I come at you with episode 96 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, guys, you know the deal. Hang in there. Be patient. Please stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. And once more, to all the amazing moms out there, happy Mother's Day. Enjoy your week, my friends. Take care. Take care.